the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Welcome to another week of Bruce Hooley shows on the Answer Network, 94.5 in Dayton, 98.9 in Columbus. I wish I had better news for you to start the week than the death of a 15-year veteran of the Clark County Sheriff's Department. Uh, Matthew Yates died yesterday morning, or yesterday at some point. He was shot yesterday morning at a mobile home park in Clark County, responding to a call at around 11 a.m. He was shot as he entered the mobile home where they had reports that a woman had broken in. As I said, a 15-year veteran. Uh, His father was a law enforcement veteran, and flags in the state will be flying at half-mast in honor of Deputy Yates. No word yet on uh, suspect, uh, suspect not at large, but we do not have details on the suspect. So a very, very sad way to uh, begin the week as someone who gave his life to serve others gave his time to serve others, ended up giving his life. So um, condolences and sympathy to all law enforcement officers because I'm sure it brings home the reality of what is a possibility every time they answer a call. And extremely sad to hear of the passing of Sheriff's Deputy Matt Yates. Uh, crime continues to spiral out of control in all areas of Ohio. It was less than a week ago that Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther went into the short north to calm nerves because someone had been shot in the short north and killed outside a UDF convenience store. And Andrew Ginther came close and maybe went over the line and uh, bragging about the fact that gun violence in Columbus, that's his term, not mine, it's a stupid term, guns are not violent, people are violent, as violence in Columbus has not measured up to record murder totals in 2021 or 2020. Well, Andy spoke too soon because we had five people shot and killed uh, since that time. And it's not just the shootings that result in death. While Andrew Ginther, and now it appears the Franklin County commissioners, are poised to join Ginther in declaring... Gun violence, such a stupid term, a public health emergency. Uh, They ignore the fact that um, law-breaking in all forms leads to the kind of problems that end young lives, either end them by gunfire or end them because they're on the other side of the weapon firing the gun. It's both interesting and depressing to read the comments from activists when they talk about the problem of violence in Ohio's major cities. 
because they are almost exclusively focused on the perpetrators of the violence and not the victims. They don't talk about the victims with any kind of compassion, empathy, but the perpetrators of the violence, oh, they muster all kinds of compassion and empathy for them because they came from tough circumstances or because they're dealt, you know, a disadvantageous hand by the systemic abuses of the American uh, economic system or whatever. Uh, But crime is a big-time problem in Columbus. Andrew Ginther has for quite a while referred to it as an existential threat, and he has declared it a public health emergency. What about 10,000 car thefts? Eh, Just kids being kids. Just kids being kids. Our Franklin County Juvenile Court judges, remember, protested against Operation Game Over when Columbus police launched an initiative to curb the theft of cars. And I've said for a long time that somebody's going to die in a high-speed chase that results from a car theft. And I always thought it would be some innocent bystander. It was not, but it is still tragic. I was going to say it's no less tragic, but it actually is less tragic when the people who stole the car die rather than an innocent bystander because the people who stole the car inarguably knew what they were doing was illegal. Otherwise, why would they be speeding away if they didn't think it was illegal? But it is still tragic because last night in Columbus, two 14-year-olds died in the crash of a stolen car that was not, I repeat, not being pursued by police. Now, this presents an interesting conundrum for the uh, bleeding heart activists out there. Because always, particularly recently in the case of Jalen Walker, the young man in Akron, 25 years old, who was shot and killed by police after he shot first at them while fleeing their pursuit for the second time that night, police are always blamed for pursuing people who commit crimes. Oh, and that was one of the demands from the NAACP in Akron is that they should abolish, abolish all high-speed chases in the state of Ohio for equipment violations, broken taillight, non-functioning turn signal, and the like. We should abolish all high-speed chases. We should just let the lawbreaker get away. Well, last night, the stolen vehicle crashed at St. Clair and East 5th Avenue about 20 after 8, and it was not being pursued by police. Not being pursued by police. They didn't pursue it. Now, I wonder, I wonder, Will we hear criticism of police now that they did not pursue the car? And if they had pursued the car or if they had uh, put down rumble strips or if they had blocked intersections or in other ways tried to interdict in this crash that these two uh, 14-year-olds and the other passenger in their car would not have been able to gain the rate of speed necessary to flip their car over and die. Maybe, maybe because... Pretty much whatever the cops do or don't do, whenever it results in a bad result, and it is 
unequivocally a bad result when two 14-year-old boys die and a third is sent to the hospital. Whatever the cops did or didn't do is always wrong because hindsight is twenty twenty, And, you know, you should either have used a taser instead of shooting or if you had to shoot, you should have shot him in the leg or you know how this works, right? So two teens dead and it's a little unusual that they die in a stolen car, but we've seen how many stolen car chases have we seen in Columbus? We've seen teenagers thrown from vehicles before when they were stolen and fleeing from police. But is car theft for which we are on pace for 10,000 of them this year in Columbus, 10,000, 10,000 car thefts in Columbus this year. Let's do the math on that in our heads really quick. That is about, what, 85 a month? Would that be 90 a month? 900? No, it'd be less than 90 a month. So it's basically about two, two and a half per day. Two and a half per day. No, that'd be a thousand. No, it's like twenty a day. This is why I shouldn't do math on the air in my head. Ten thousand car thefts. All right, let's pull the phone out. Let's pull the phone out and we'll do the math on this. Ten thousand car thefts in a year in the city of Columbus. It doesn't count Dayton, doesn't count, you know, Toledo, doesn't count other big cities. Ten thousand car thefts a year. Divided by 365 days is 27 car thefts a day. 27. 27 car thefts a day. That's more than one an hour. That's not a public health emergency. Gun violence is. Not violence. Gun violence. See, put it on the guns. Uh, Two fortunate women. Last night, they were fleeing from police in Columbus in a stolen car. Crashed it. Another person who saw the crash of the car stopped to help them. And the two women who were in the car fleeing from police that crashed got out of that car and stole the Good Samaritan's car. And then they crashed it again into Nationwide Children's Hospital. So this shows you how lawless the capital city in central Ohio is. And against that backdrop, that is why the Franklin County Board of Commissioners will consider a resolution early next week declaring gun violence a public health crisis. Now, that's all well and good. But what are the ramifications of declaring such a thing? You declare it a public health crisis... That would mean there are, I would think, certain steps that must happen in order to fix it. It's one thing to say, hey, that's a problem. Hopefully, hopefully, not always, we would elect people who would attempt to fix it. Yes, I know. Don't, don't, don't mention Joe Biden and inflation. But what will happen? What is inherent in declaring something a public health crisis? And will that fix it? Oh, we'll run through the steps for you next on The Bruce Hooley Show. So the Franklin County Commissioners are going to consider a resolution at their August 2nd general session 
to declare gun violence a public health crisis. Okay. Well, we had uh, five people murdered in the last few days here in central Ohio. And the very, very sad news is that we had a Clark County Sheriff's deputy shot and killed on Sunday morning at a trailer park when he responded to a call of a woman breaking into the home. Deputy Matthew Yates, rather, Deputy Matthew Yates had served 15 years uh, with distinction. And he is being mourned by law enforcement officers all over the uh, state of Ohio and I dare say all over the United States. Because that loss is felt on a different level than you or I can possibly feel it by those who wear a badge and who give up their time to protect the citizenry. So it's not like gun violence is not real. It's not like violence is not real. It is. But if you're going to declare it a public health crisis, what does that entail? And will it help fix it? I mean, I don't really think there's much point in declaring something a public health crisis unless you can do something to fix it. So, if adopted by Franklin County commissioners, here's what their resolution would do. Now, you ask yourself, when I tell you what the resolution would do, will this keep people from shooting people with guns? That's the goal, right? Let's keep people from shooting people with guns. Focus on reducing poverty. And this is the number one thing it does. Focus on reducing poverty and addressing racial inequities. That seems like an awful big job for the Franklin County commissioners. Just saying. I'm not sure they're capable of that. Not to demean their abilities. I'm sure they're considerable. Focus on reducing poverty and addressing racial inequities. Now, if it were me, I would say, hey, we have 10,000 car thefts in Columbus. A lot of teenagers stealing cars in Columbus. A greater number are showing up with guns when they're caught. Maybe if we crack down on crime, if we increased punishment, if we installed or recommended mandatory sentencing, if we put some teeth in the consequences for criminal behavior, that's, to me, a way we could reduce all kinds of crime. So, That's what I was waiting to read when I went down through this list that I'm about to read to you of what a declaration of a public health crisis will do. Didn't hear anything about punishment on line one, reducing poverty, addressing racial inequities. No, no, no. Number two, invest in mental health and addiction and crisis services. Again, good. Nobody's against that, like to reduce addiction, but nothing about punishment, nothing about criminality and consequences for behavior. So maybe on line three, fund summer youth employment after school and engagement activities. No, nothing about punishment there either. Number four, identify policies and maybe we're getting somewhere. Identify policies and programs to reduce gun violence. Seems self-evident. And address social determinants of health. And deliver human and social services, economic and youth development, and public safety measures. I won't need lunch now that I consume that word salad of nothingness. Item five. 
Partner with public, private, nonprofit, and community groups. Aren't you already doing that when you're a commissioner? Aren't you already, like, partnering with everybody that you can partner with? Line six, I'm still looking for something about punishment, for something about consequences, for something about reducing crime. Still looking. I'm down to item six. Advocate for local, regional, state, and federal groups and legislation that encourage and, wait a minute, enforce lawful, responsible, and safe gun ownership practices and respond to gun violence as a public health crisis. Now, this sounds like an Ibram X. Kendi definition of racism. What is racism? If you ask Ibram X. Kendi, he'll say, it's a collection of racist ideas that do racist things in a racist way. Circular definition. They're going to declare gun violence a public health crisis by, and I quote, responding to gun violence as a public health crisis. (laughs) Okay, whatever. What does a commissioner's gig pay? Like 75 grand, 80 grand, 90 grand? What a grift this is. Item seven. Research and use prevention strategies that address underlying... I'm thinking, hey, prevention strategies, maybe this is where we're getting to punishment. Maybe this is where we're getting to sentencing. Maybe this is where we're getting to, I don't know, targeting gang violence in the city of Columbus, which resulted in the shooting death of a 15-year-old kid who apparently was a really good soccer player in, I think this was, yeah, it was the Hilltop on Friday night. He's playing soccer with his buddies. Some gang members show up. They're looking for somebody who's one of his teammates. I don't know if the kid's there or not. An argument ensues. Gang members pull out a gun and shoot this young man, Issa Jelani, 15 years old, shot to death. They're going to do anything about that with line line seven on the gun violence public health crisis hit parade, Franklin County commissioners? Research and use prevention strategies. Okay, maybe this is punishment. Oh, sorry to disappoint you. That address underlying physical, social, economic, and structural conditions that increase gun homicide and suicide risk. Not a thing in here. Not a thing in here. Nor is there a thing in Andrew Ginther's touted $16 million that he's devoted to something about crime in the city. The words gang violence are never mentioned. Never. They do nothing about it. They will not declare war on gangs. You want to know how? Mackenzie Ridley died. You want to know how Olivia Kurtz died at Bicentennial Park at a party? You want to know how things happen that result in the deaths of a 15-year-old budding soccer star? Gang violence, that's how. That is how. And as long as we continue to say, oh, it's poverty and it's systemic this and that. Crime and punishment. Punishment reduces crime. Prosecution reduces crime. Woke initiatives do nothing. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.